This morning, I want to wrap up Thanksgiving. I know we've decorated for Christmas because we're ready to go. I'm excited about what's coming this Christmas. But one more Sunday just to stop and think about Thanksgiving. So it's a one-off message today. The big idea is God blesses a heart of gratitude. We'll walk through that a little bit today. So let's pray. Would you pray with me? Nothing you need to say out loud. Just say this prayer silently. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. Just give that prayer to God. God, since there's something you want me to hear, I'm willing to listen. God, I pray today that you'd be glorified, that everyone hearing this message would be edified, and that Satan would be horrified. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you were able to be here Tuesday night, this past Tuesday night, we had our annual pie, prayer, and praise. What a wonderful time to gather as a family at Oakwood and to sing worship together, to hear testimonies of what God's doing in people's lives. Uh, What a wonderful uh, night that was. Jeff Moore, our elder, uh, opened that night and welcomed people and said a prayer, but then he mentioned the lepers, and that got me thinking the rest of this week. Remember those 10 lepers? And, and the, you know, leprosy was a terrible disease. Um, we know now with the medical breakthroughs that it actually is not highly contagious, but they sure thought it was. It was a skin disease, uh, and, and literally the skin would rot and, and fall off digits, nose, ears. I mean, it was terrible. Um, and of course they were concerned that that would possibly be contagious. And so people that had leprosy had to stay away from people who didn't. They actually had leper colonies where they were to live together and, and stay far away. The the law was you must remain 50 yards away if you had leprosy. 50 yards away from, that's a long way. That's half a football field. Stay away. And if somebody came closer than that, your obligation as somebody that had leprosy is to shout out, unclean. Can you imagine that? Your whole existence is shouting out the word, stay away from me. I'm unclean. And not just unclean medically and physically, but it was also spiritually. To, to touch somebody or get near somebody that had a, a disease like that, you were ceremonially unclean and would have to purify yourself before you could go in the temple. It was, it was awful because it really was kicking people out of society and, and putting them away, pushing them off to the side. And if you remember the story of the 10 lepers, uh, they came and Jesus healed all 10 of them. And then they, they left and only one came back and thanked Jesus. And Jesus is like, where are the other nine? Didn't I heal all 10? And this man, he is a Samaritan. I love that, how the passage points it out, that the thankful one was actually a Samaritan. That got me thinking, Jeff. I was just thinking through that story about our gratitude. And I took it one level deeper. I can't begin to imagine what it would have been like to have that condition. To be away from your family, you would never be able to hug your wife or children again. Isolated from society, never having any contact. What would they have to be thankful for? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about your miserable situation that you find yourself in and think, there? what could I possibly have to be thankful for? Then it dawned on me. One of them was a Samaritan. And he was with nine other people. Probably many Jews. 
and at least they had one another. In their misery, they had something to be thankful for. When things are absolutely at their worst, you you can stop and just remember what it is you have to be thankful for. I don't know if I could have done that. I'm not saying I would have been in that mindset, but if I was one of the 10 who, who, who had asked to be healed, who had been suffering in that way, could I have been thankful before healing? And then would I be grateful after healing? Would I take the time to go back and thank Jesus? There's an interesting passage in the Old Testament where Moses gives some instructions. Moses is old. He's about to die. And uh, they're about to go into the promised land. Remember, the Lord had promised them a land flowing with milk and honey. And they'd wandered for 40 years. And now here they are. And what Moses writes down for them as instructions for entering into this land is really almost something we should think that was written for us today. You could actually think about ourselves, but here's what he says. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land, a land with brooks, streams, deep springs, gushing out into the valleys and hills, a land with wheat and barley, vines and fig trees, pomegranates, olive oil and honey, a land where bread will not be scarce and you will lack nothing. A land where the rocks are iron and you can dig copper out of the hills. When you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God, failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Two times, Moses reminded the people to be thankful He says, do not forget to praise the Lord. We need to make sure we have a heart of gratitude. And I'm not saying that everything's going perfect for you. There's people in this room that has faced tremendous loss. There's heading toward tremendous loss. There's difficulty all around us financially, socially, medically, uh, all sorts of ways we're struggling. People struggle. But do you remember God, especially in his goodness? Do you remember God and take the time to express your gratitude? It means something, and it means something to God. Uh, the verse that I wanted to use today for our passage is Psalm 103, verses 1 and 2. It says, praise the Lord, my soul, and all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. We must not forget the benefits that we have as God's children. There's so many things that we have to be thankful for that we could pass over each and every day. And so uh, Charles Stanley, remember good old Charles Stanley, he died this past year. Didn't we just lose him this past year? Uh, my wife printed this article and she said, this is really good. And I read it and I, I liked his five things. I just want to give you five things today to remember about being blessed. We're blessed. And God's blessings with them, we are able to recalibrate our focus. Are you recalibrating your focus? We get off, we get off, you know, and, and we just aren't focused on the important things, the things that are eternal. And we, we forget all the blessings, all the blessings we have. 
There's plenty that we don't have. And that was Israel's problem. Remember, they traveled through the wilderness. They were always complaining. God would provide water, and then they didn't like the water. God would provide bread. They didn't like the bread. God would provide meat. They didn't like the meat. They got sick of it. We tend to be so blessed that we forget all the blessings. And we need to recalibrate. Recalibrate. If you ever had a gadget or something that was just off and didn't work right? Uh, have you seen the, there's pictures on Facebook of uh, why people have trust issues and they show tape measures at the store and they'll show how they're different? You know, I mean, what? Isn't somebody supposed to calibrate those? How many of you are in, uh, uh, what's that thing at the end of every production line? Quality control. How many of you work in quality control? Anybody? None of y'all work? I thought we had at least one quality control person in here. Well, if we had a quality control person, they would understand the importance of get it done, get it accurate, calibrate, calibrate that machine. You and I need to recalibrate, and there's only one way to do that, and that's through thankfulness. It helps us to remember. Psalm 73, 16 and 17, and then verse 26, it says, When I tried to understand all this, it troubled me deeply, till I entered the sanctuary of God. Then I understood their final destiny. My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. This is Asaph. Uh, David didn't write this psalm. Asaph did. And Asaph said he was struggling because he, was, he, he, he didn't have his focus right. He had his mind focused on problems. But then he entered the house of the Lord and an interesting thing happened. His heart was recalibrated. Hopefully this morning, if you're off a little bit, Maybe anxious, maybe struggling with what you don't have or the negative things that you do have in your life. Hopefully today you can come into the house of the Lord and ask him to recalibrate your mind and your heart. Get it back. Focus on the good things. Focus on what God has already done. Thanksgiving returns God to this rightful place at the center of our lives. Were you able to do that over this Thanksgiving weekend? Just recalibrate, stop and take a deep breath. And what am I thankful for? What am I thankful for? Each breath you suck is free. Every time you breathe, it's free. We have running water. I turned on the shower last night in my house and I thought, wow. I mean, are you ever blown away by things like that? It's clean. It's coming from the tap. Man, I've got a well. I don't just run it all day long if I wanted to. I don't. We've got air. We've got water. We've got food. Did you all eat your favorite thing for Thanksgiving? Did you all eat your favorite food? Do your families do it? My family, we have so many foods that Julie says, I'm not doing them all. Let's pick. Everybody gets to pick their favorite thing. Did you get your thing? Julie sent me shopping. So I made sure I got my favorite things. I'm, I'm old school. I'm the cranberry can guy. You know, the, the, the big old plop of cranberry, just the gel, just the, put it on the plate. Man, I love that stuff. My family eats the fancier stuff, but they give me the can and plop it on the plate. And I love that stuff. It'd be easy just to walk past something like that, but. I had enough gas in the car to drive over to Meyer. I had enough 
strength to walk up and down the aisles and look at all the stuff twice because I got to do it twice because I always forget where they hide stuff. Got all the food, brought it home. We had a home with heat and gadgets. We've got two refrigerators and a freezer, you know, full of stuff. I know that life can be hard, but man, it it takes a little bit of recalibration to get us back on track. And the first thing that Thanksgiving does is it's, it, it enables us to recalibrate our focus. Putting God at that part again, where we understand who he is and his role in our lives. The second thing, God's blessings. And again, Psalm 103 says, remember, don't forget his benefits. What are his blessings? His blessings over the thankful are that we're reminded of our need for him. We're reminded of our need for him. When we thank him for those simple things like air and water and food and family and, and, and a place to live, when, we, when we're reminded of that and we're thankful for that, we're, we're reminded of our need for him. We actually do have a need for him. I don't, somebody told me once uh, that, that if the sun was any closer, we would burn up. And if it was any further away from the earth, we would freeze to death. And yet we're in this perfect spot where it just, you know, we can go to Maui every once in a while and get it to where it's real pretty and see the green flash when the sun goes down. And, and oh, is it nice. We're worried about global warming, temperatures here and there. I get it. But aren't you glad that God doesn't take a day off and forget that sun and it moves a couple of... Aren't you glad we didn't just all explode in fire? <laughs> aren't you glad, you know, that... He controls gravity. Gravity is so important, you know, with the, the moon and how far we are from the moon and all these things. I mean, gravity, without gravity, we're a mess. You just, you know, go to the bathroom without gravity. I dare you. It's a mess waiting to happen. We're thankful. Have you ever just stopped? To, I mean, okay, here it is. Go home today and go to the bathroom and remember this message. And go, you know what? I've never thanked the Lord for this moment. <laughs> Things go where they're supposed to go and it works. Wow. We need him. We need God. If you think for a second, well, we don't need God because gravity works without God. No. He sustains all things. He holds everything in the palm of his hands. And at any moment, if he chose to stop controlling the world and, and, and our environment, we'd be in trouble without him. So we're reminded of our need for him. James 1, 17 says, every good and perfect gift is from above. Did you ever think about that? Every good and perfect gift comes from above. Coming down from the father of heavenly lights who does not change like shifting shadows. Our God is so good that he takes care of us. In the Bible, the psalmist would say, I mean, he takes care of the birds out in the fields. How much more would he care for his children? He clothes the lilies. How much more would he make sure that you're cared for? We need him. We need to be reminded of that. Thanksgiving reminds us that God is the source of everything we have. Are you thankful? Did you thank God for the simple things? The third thing is we're strengthened in faith. By being thankful, by being grateful and sharing gratitude to God, it strengthens your faith. It's kind of like, oh yeah, I remember that now. He can be trusted. I wish you all could have been here Tuesday night. We sat in a circle right here and 
musicians were here and there was just a circle of chairs and then several other circles and and we heard people's stories. And how could you not leave strengthened in faith by listening to what God has done for the Cluck family? You listen to Aaliyah Cluck talk about uh, what God has done for her child. We heard Gabe Mao talk about his accident that he was involved in this past year. And, and just to remind you of who God is and what he does. And James tells us every good and perfect gift comes from above. We ought to be thankful. And it'll strengthen your faith. Take time to just list out the blessings of God in your life and it will strengthen your faith. If God has intervened in your life, then share that with others because that'll strengthen their faith. They'll know that he is God. Second Chronicles 20, 20 through 21. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, listen to me, Judah, the people of Jerusalem, have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness. And they went out at the head of the army saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. I love these stories of what kings would do, uh, and it just reminds me of how powerful gratitude is. Last week I told you that I've never served in the military, I've never gone to war, and yet I do know that if we were to go to war, I know what my position would be, is guitar. I'd play guitar, and I'd sing. You're like, that's not an army position. Look at it in scripture. Kings always sent the choir first. The choir's like nuts. (laughs) No, out ahead of the warriors, out before the battle, the king would send the singers and the musicians and they would simply thank God and praise him. You want to be strengthened? You want to be built up in your faith and in your life? Then give God thanks for everything that you have. Start with worship. Start with praise. What we do here on Sunday mornings is not entertainment. And it's not filler. It's not like I don't have enough to say that we've got to fill the time. No, I mean, it's necessary. Because we start with worship. We start with reminding ourselves who God is. I have nothing to say until we get to the throne of God and just thank him for who he is and reminded of what he means to us. We're strengthened by worship. I hope you worship every day. When we thank and praise God, it's amazing how our faith grows. You want to grow in faith? Start with thanking God every day for what you have. Give him glory and you'll start to know him more. You'll start to see him for who he is. Four, we are released from our anxieties. It's an amazing thing that happens when we go to Thanksgiving, when we're stressed. Psalm 62, 8 says, trust in him at all times. You people pour out your hearts to him for God is our refuge. Greg Anderson wrote a book called In In Living Life on Purpose. And he tells a story about a man. I just want to read it. 
tells a story about a man whose wife had left him. He was completely depressed. He had lost faith in himself, in other people, and in God. He found no joy in living. One rainy morning, this man went to a small neighborhood restaurant for breakfast. Although several people were at the diner, no one was speaking to anyone else. And our miserable friend was hunched over the counter, stirring his coffee with a spoon. In one of the small booths along the window was a young mother with a little girl. They had just been served their food when the little girl broke the sad silence by almost shouting, Mama, why don't we say our prayers here? The waitress who had just served their breakfast turned around and said, Well, sure, honey, we pray here. Will you say the prayer for us? And she turned and looked at the rest of the people in the restaurant and said, Bow your heads. Surprisingly, one by one, all the heads went down. The little girl bowed her head, folded her hands and said, God is great, God is good, and we thank him for our food. Amen. And that prayer changed the entire atmosphere. People in the restaurant began to talk to one another. And the waitress said, we should do that every morning. And all of a sudden, said our friend at the counter, My whole frame of mind started to improve. From that little girl's example, I started to thank God for all that I did have and stop majoring in all that I didn't have. I started to be grateful. We are struggling in our world with anxiety and stress. We have it. We have lots of it. We have pills for it. We have other things for it that would mask it or to ease it. But I'm telling you, the best thing for our anxiety and our stress is to release it to God. Release it with your gratitude. We need to pour out the stress and anxiety before the Lord. The best way to do that is to praise him, to be thankful, to be grateful for what we do have. Thanksgiving contributes greatly to our physical, mental, and spiritual health. You might look at that list and say, really? I mean, physically? Yes. Do you know what stress and anxiety does to you? Do you know how much uh, Americans are spending billions of dollars on medical things because of most of it's stress-induced, anxiety? People struggle so much. It affects you physically. If we could learn somehow to pour that out and to reverse it and to be thankful people and grateful people, you'd be surprised how your countenance would change. Your health would perk up. Mentally, we, 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 we kill ourselves with negative thinking. Stinking thinking, we call it, right? Stop the stinking thinking and just turn things over to God and be thankful. Be thankful. And spiritually, nothing, nothing helps your spiritual life better than a, a, a heart of gratitude, an attitude of gratitude for what we have. Last thing, and it's important, it's that we're sharing in God's blessings. We're sharing God's blessings. Gratitude isn't something that's just for you, by the way. I know that Psalm 103 says, forget not his benefits. And we're talking about one of the benefits of being grateful today. There are benefits, but they're not all for you. Uh, Number one, God is blessed by your thanksgiving. If it didn't matter to them, why would Jesus say to the 10 lepers, weren't there 10 of you? Why did only one come back and thank me? God leans into hugs. I heard that a long time ago. Our God leans into hugs. You ever hug somebody that's a good hugger? I'm not a good hugger. I'm a nervous hugger, especially 
you know, because I was a youth pastor for 20 years, and you had to learn, you don't full frontal hug, you know, teens, especially girls, right? And so we did the side hug, right? So I'm that awkward pastor side hug guy, usually with a closed fist, because the hands are sensitive, so you never touch somebody with it. That's why I, I'm so awkward that the kids in the youth group probably know, when I run into them and we see each other, and I'm like, I don't know, I don't want to, I, I just pop them on the head, that's what I do. Closed fist. Girl, boy, doesn't matter. I'm like, hey! <laughs> I don't know why, but that's what I do. Uh, it's, it's just less awkward than the open hand and touching and grabbing and all, you know. Man. Love. Sharing in God's blessing. The verse for that is Psalm 44. In God we make our boast all day long. And we will praise your name forever. The Bible tells us it's not good to boast. And yet it says... In God will make our boast all day long. That there's one thing you as a believer ought not be silent about is how good your God is. And you should not be afraid to say it anywhere at any time. You know, God is good. Remember, that's what people ask, how you doing? I'm better than I deserve. That's my answer. That's my consistent answer anywhere we're at. How you doing today? Better than I deserve. And if they dare go any further, they're going to hear about my God <laughs> and how blessed I am. Psalm 48 says, when we make our boast, let's make it all day long and let's praise his name forever. Thanksgiving pleases God and magnifies and glorifies him before others. We want others to be blessed by our testimonies of the goodness of God. Don't be afraid to share what God has done for you. We all at least have the the prospect of salvation. And if you've received Christ as your savior, then that's something you can always be thankful for. That's why I'd close my message today and simply say, if you've never received Christ as your personal Savior, do that today. Receive it. It's a free gift. The facts are that God knew that we were hopeless and helpless in our sinfulness. There was nothing we could do. You can't be good enough to earn your way to heaven. That's not how it works. It's by grace that you're saved through faith. It's a gift of God, not by works, lest any man should boast. So God realized we had a sin problem. We couldn't fix it. He sent his son, Jesus, who was sinless, and he lived for 33 and a half years like us, but sinless. And he went to the cross for you and for me. We deserve that because the Bible says that, that the wages of sin is death. What we should receive from our sinfulness is a death sentence. But God said no. I will send my perfect son and he will be a replacement for them. He will die and it will be accounted unto them as righteousness. If you receive Christ into your life, there's a great exchange that takes place. You receive all of Christ's righteousness when he received all of your sinfulness on that cross. It's a beautiful thing that Jesus did. It's a beautiful plan that God had to save us. So has there been a time when you've asked God to forgive you of your sins and come into your life as Savior and Lord? If you've never done that, just do it right now. Do it right where you sit. You don't have to walk an aisle. There's no geographic location you have to go to to get saved. It could be right in your seat today. It could be in your car on the way home. Keep your eyes open when you pray, but just talk to God and tell him, I know I'm a sinner. Please forgive me of my sin and come into my life as Savior and Lord. And then I'll guarantee you this one thing. You'll always have something to be thankful for. No matter how bad it gets. 
the college group uh, Thursday, last Thursday, we were reading one of the Psalms and I was telling them the story of these missionaries a long, long, long time ago. This young, young girl married a young, young boy and they went overseas and it was World War, what was it? World War II? World War II broke out right when they got over there and, and the Japanese took over their whole island and and where they were serving and telling people about Jesus and they took the husband, took him off to a, a concentration camp and, and took the wife to a ladies camp and uh, as they were separating the two of them, he looked at her and he says, he will never leave us nor forsake us. Just remember, he'll never leave us or forsake us. But in the prison cell by herself, she started to question that. Didn't he? Didn't he just leave us and forsake us? She found out months and months and months later that her, she got word that her husband died of disease in prison. He'd been dead for three months before she even knew it. She thought, didn't he, didn't he forsake? Didn't he just forget about us? The uh, warden of the prison came in to see her one day and just mentioned to her that he noticed that she was different and that she was a big help to the other ladies in the prison camp, and he was grateful. And she took the opportunity to immediately tell him the reason why, and he explained the whole gospel to this hardened prison warden. He actually left in tears. He was overwhelmed, so he left. It was un, totally unlike him. He had actually just murdered a prisoner in a different prison camp, and they'd moved him over to this prison camp. But he saw something in her, and she shared the gospel. Later, she was moved from that prison camp to another prison camp, and there she was just, it was awful, the disease, the lack of food, and she was really struggling. And she noticed out of her cell one day that some of the women were in the yard and uh, they looked around, nobody was looking. They went up to the fence and somebody threw bananas in for them. And so these women were grabbing bananas and then running back to their cell. So they had something to eat. And she was locked in her cell and she didn't get a banana. And she said, Lord, don't you even care about me? Can't you even get me one banana? If you, I mean, you're supposed to be God and here I am. I'm stuck here and you forgot me. You forsaked me. And I just, just one banana. I just want one banana. So sick. Not too long later, a prison uh, warden came in and said, you've got a visitor today. And it, it was the warden from the other camp. He'd come to see her and make sure she was okay. He talked to her for a little while and then he left. And not too long later, there was a knock on her prison cell door and the door just opened and a bunch of bananas come flying into her cell. I'm not lying about this. She actually counted them. There was 92 bananas. 92 bananas. And she sat in her cell and wept because she'd forgotten the Lord and all his benefits. And she critically said, can't you get me one banana? And he said, oh yeah, I'll do better than one banana. She found out it was that warden that when he came there to check on her and realized how sick she was, he demanded that they, they give her food, they give her these bananas to eat. Years later, she was set free and she was back here in the States as an elderly grandmother, and she got word that in Japan, 
there was a preacher who was going around telling everybody about the God he had found while being a warden at a prison camp and that Jesus had changed his life and he was on the airwaves telling the whole nation to turn to Jesus. I'm not saying I wish prison camp on any of you or anything like that. It would be awful and it'd be miserable. I think of the hostages being released over in Israel and what they've endured for so many days. And I wouldn't wish that on anyone. But my premise today is simply to say, even in the worst situations, we can find blessings because God still is who he says he is. And he's going to follow through on loving us and caring for us, even at the worst. And at the very, very worst, what happens, we slip from this life into a much better life. Amen? One where there is no more pain and sorrow, no hunger, no more tears. So we're so blessed. We're so blessed when we have good things. We're so blessed when we're without. We're blessed if we lose everything, even our own lives. We're blessed. We have a hope and a promise in a future. I'd ask the team if they'd come. Uh, I, I asked them to close us today on the song, I Thank God, the one we started with. And it's a great way to close today is just, I thank God. Have you taken that time to thank God for who he is? To realize all of his benefits, the five things today that we talked about that we have by being thankful and grateful people. My prayers today is that you would, if you haven't already this week, take extra time to thank God for who he is. I'm gonna pray and then uh, we're gonna dismiss as they sing the song. You can stick around and listen to them or you can gather and talk uh, and or you can be dismissed. Let's pray together. Father God, I thank you for this day. I thank you for this weekend as we can remember and be thankful. Take moments, just pause and take a deep breath and to be grateful for what we do have. Help us not to focus on the things we want or we think that we need or the problems that are happening, the fears and the scares that are all around us, financially, medically, whatever it might be. God, help us to put our focus on who you are and what we have because we're your children. We thank you, Abba Father. In Jesus' name, amen.